0: Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now, let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. Now, it's been a little while since Pastor Gwen's Brought you a message in a full term way. I know I'm always saying some things. But I wanted some time to rest in the Lord and hear from heaven, especially before we go into the next year. And I know that the Lord's put some things on my heart. I'm not necessarily going to bring them out, but who knows? We just, you know, submit. The Lord's really said to us to follow him. And that's what I want to encourage all of you to do, to hear his voice clearly, to be confident in the voice that he gives you. And to know that voice and then to follow it with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. I know that most of you have realized that I have fire in my belly. And uh, there's a place in Jeremiah that talks about fire shut up in his bones, but I don't think mine's shut up very tightly. And uh, (laughs) I hope, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, let's just check. I know that it's not shut up very tightly and uh, I'm believing God in this next year. That we will see some more of you come into that loosed fire amen Amen. we have a country that needs a people that is on fire for jesus it will look different in every person we'll pray differently and we've got to be okay with that one of the things that god put on my heart even when we were building the church and i believe pastor jason talked about it last week that it would be built by the hand of god not by the hand of man and within that structure, as the Lord has encouraged me in my life to help others and to open the door for them, for instance, when it comes to worship, I don't, I don't give them a list, neither does any of our pastors. We don't talk to the worship leader. You better sing this song, it'll fit. Now, there's an occasion where the Holy Spirit might say, this is really pertinent to, to my message, could you play that? But it's always from a position of request. Amen? Amen. And in that, you know, the Lord lays a structure in our life. And then we have the opportunity because we have been given a phenomenal gift. Do you know what that gift is? Choice. In the Garden of Eden, Adam was given choice. Hmm. And so here we are. Amen. (laughs) We're going to find out how to how to operate in choice. What a great choice God has given all of us. And what are we going to do with the choice he's given in our hand? Amen. John chapter 1 and verse 14 says this wonderful promise. It says, he says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as of the glory as of the only, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So much in one verse. And what we're believing here is that the word will become flesh among us. That it won't be just some idea that you stick in a plaque and put in your wall. Oh, that's a nice thought. And and when I grew up, my mom had this little plaque and it was in one of our most traveled uh, doorways. And I believe it actually came from her mother that gave it to her. And it was from one of the Proverbs that Pastor Neil often quotes from Proverbs three, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And I thought of all the scriptures, in my life that's been so prominent, I would think that that one stuck out. Now, as a child, I would just go, yep, 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 yep. And it didn't have a depth. I knew the verse, obviously. I saw it every single day of my life more than once as I traveled back and forth through that hallway. And I believe that that, that's very similar for a lot of us. We see the word, it becomes very familiar with us, but it doesn't become active in, in understanding. If I can put it that way, it doesn't have a, a natural outcome. It doesn't have a, yeah, that's nice. That scripture, but it doesn't have a place where it's activated in our, in ourselves, in our personal life and the word of God. That's what we're believing for the word of God to become an active force in your life yeah. so that when something happens, like with, uh, uh and Cheryl's children, where the word of God becomes the dominant force. Yeah, right. We can't rely on medicine. It's a very interesting thing that's happened. The first time we went to Africa, we saw many come to healing meetings because that was all they had was Jesus. As time progressed, the last time we were there, the healing meetings were less attended and they wanted teaching, which is interesting. I'm glad that they were hungry for teaching. But when it came to miracles, they had become more difficult. Why? Medicine had become uh, very prominent in their understanding. They would go now to a doctor because it was available. They turned to medicine because it was available. And when it came to healing and the power of Jesus Christ to heal, that reality, that place, that place of knowing, many of those people who came had seen. There was a lady there who was in stage four cancer that first year we were there. Stage four, and she had lupus. I mean, this lady was a mess and not expected to live very long. Because she was still alive in 2016, we then got invited to another place. And, and we kind of stuck it in kind of at the end. And we went to a very more, more of a dangerous place. Uh, uh, but it wasn't dangerous because God said to go. And where God says to go, it's always safe. And when we went into that place, there wasn't very much medicine. There weren't very many doctors, and so when the healing moved, and they heard that someone was coming, and this lady present now looking whole and wonderful, Amen. that 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 place now the church itself, five hundred, and and they had benches, so they said, well, we can get about five hundred in here, but the aisles were full; they were jammed so tight. We're sure there was more, and then there was, the whole field was full. Because. Jesus was all they had. We're coming to a place in Canada where if we don't come back to Jesus is all we have. Or at least first. Amen. He's above medicine. Now I am not against doctors. You know that. I'm not against taking a tablet or two now and again. But there's a place where we got to have that shift of priority, where the word of God becomes flesh, that reality, that known reality, that place, not just like as a nice saying that you cross under every now and then. Don't make a plaque out of John 1.14. Let it become written on your heart by the Holy Ghost. Because that's what he longs to do. He longs to write it right in there so it becomes our life. Amen? Amen? And look what happens. He said, and we behold his glory. as the glory of the only begotten. This This word, I believe we need to get solid, especially in the days to come. It will anger more woke people than it will ever have done before. Because that's the day we're living in. When you say Jesus is the only way, you can almost feel the pushback. Even when we're in this kind of a, a, a place where we know Holy Spirit is moving in our midst, where we've worshipped him so wonderfully and sensed his mighty presence, even in that, as soon as we say Jesus is the only way, we can feel all the people. I can, I can sense it in you. The Holy Spirit knows that there's places that you go outside of here that if you say that, you're going to start a fight. But we didn't start it. But I'm OK with it. we got to learn to enjoy the only way and love it. Amen? And when you say it and people kind of go, you know, and they start to, you know, their face goes into contortions, we got to love that a little bit more. Because you know why they're contorting? Because it hit them where they live. It went right. It hit their heart because what it said is your way is wrong and no one likes to be wrong. (laughs) So they like push back. They are wrong. And the cost of them being wrong is hell. And no one should ever have to pay that price. And when we get that. My goodness, then the fight's easy. I'm not afraid of that fight. I don't want to see people go to hell. I don't want to, as as Sister said this morning, we don't want their soul to be destroyed. Or do we? Well, there's a couple we wouldn't mind. Uh Uh-oh. Pastor. Better come up here and help me quick. And we behold his glory, the glory, the glory. You see, we've talked about, oh, well, you know, in the last days and the latter, the latter rain is coming. I believe it is. And we know that he wants us to experience and live and walk in his glory. But if we can't get the only son thing. Right. We got to get this and love it. It's got to be a reality. It's got to be sunk in and and sold out and understood. And yes, the word becomes flesh among us. Jesus really is the only way. He really is. There is no other. He's the only son that God had. And he gave him to us. Yikes. Oh, praise God. And there in. When you begin to understand it and you begin to grasp it, you realize this is where the glory is. The glory of God. His only Son. The great love. The great trust that a heavenly Father, creator of heaven and earth, gave it to humans. You and I. You and I. Were given his only son, the only way, the only way was given to humans, was given to us. And you look in the mirror and say, um, ah, uh, do you know who you were giving it to? Exactly he did. Exactly. He knew exactly who he was giving it to. He saw the end. He saw where it could go and he trusted us enough with his only son. And if that doesn't start to shake things on the inside, I mean, the next time you look in the mirror, when we talk about your identity is so important and who you believe Jesus died for, me, he died for me. He died so that I wouldn't wear clothes of unrighteousness, but clothes of very white clothes, clothes that he bought and paid for, his identity, his character, his who he is. And we begin to accept that. And he says, yeah, I can trust you with my only one. Father, your creator, trusted you. He trusted you. I think that's pretty amazing. Let's turn to Luke chapter 9. I'm going to start at verse 28. Luke chapter 9, verse 28. It says, it came to pass about eight days after these sayings. He has a lot of sayings. He was talking about being the truth. (laughs) He took Peter and John and James and went up to the mountain to pray. This is Jesus praying. This is Jesus praying. Jesus prayed. Aren't you glad? The fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was like the glory that the only son would carry, my insertion. The only son, the recognition, when it becomes flesh, when the word becomes flesh, and we grasp it about his only son, we will see throughout the New Testament, we will see when people begin and the only son is manifested, you will see that there's glory manifested, his presence. In such a magnificent way it changes everything around you when we were worshiping this morning there was a place where there was a manifestation of his glory that began to change even it starts to look different in the room some people kind of see like fuzzy I, I felt like there were that I could hear angels it seemed like the whole room was filled this morning when we grasp that Jesus is the only son glory manifests here he is he's talking to his creator his father And he's talking to his only son. And the glory manifests in such a manner that people around saw it. As he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered his raiment was white and glistening. Behold, there talked with him two men, dead men, now alive in Jesus, (laughs) <laughs> and uh, Moses and Elijah who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease which he should accomplish he was about to die so they were talking about the plan that was about to unfold and Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep this is not unusual and a lot of times when God begins to move there's there's such a place where we get convicted let's talk about that for a minute Because some of us, when we sense the presence of God and we don't know what to do, some people pull back, but some people kind of like go to sleep because they don't know what to do with the truth. The truth seems sometimes too big. What if the truth hurts them? Or maybe they won't be a good follower. Or maybe all kinds of ideas begin to happen. And many people, even in depression, will find themselves going to bed and not getting up. And it manifests itself at sleep. Well, if I sleep, it'll pass. If I could just sleep or if I could just shut my eyes, if I could just get away, it's a form of of pullback. And it's common, more common than you understand or that I think about sometimes. People step back, they don't want to be challenged. They want to live life the way they want to live it. Even if it isn't good, even if they're hurting themselves, they would rather stay with hurting themselves and knowing about that than perhaps stepping into an unknown zone. What will happen if I go into the place? I don't know. What will happen if I trust God beyond my understanding? Do you know that I don't understand everything I read? And neither did any of the pastors here. We don't understand everything. We read the scriptures and sometimes it's like, oh, what's the Lord saying here? Right? So we don't necessarily understand. Can we trust God enough? to allow him to work in us, a place where we will step outside of what we understand. You see, when Holy Spirit begins to move on us, we can't always predict what's going to happen. Some people fall down, some people fall forward, some people shake, some people moan, some people groan, some people, I don't know. Scary things. I i have, you know, you wouldn't be surprised in this. I've laughed a few times under the Holy Spirit. But it's when somebody like, well, Pastor Jason, if he broke out and fell out in the aisle and started laughing, you'd know that was the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Some of us fall into it more naturally. (laughs) I don't understand everything about the Holy Spirit. Can you be okay with that? Let's not sleep when we don't understand. Let's do our best to keep our eyes open and ask God and tell him, be honest. I don't really get this, Lord. The Holy Spirit, I'm I'm gonna try, I'm gonna step in. I don't know where this is going, but I'm gonna just you trusted me, I'm gonna trust you. Amen. When they were awake, they saw his glory. You see, you can't see spiritual matters when you're spiritually asleep either. When you withdraw from conviction. And there are times when we're all convicted, all of us. If we're not, we don't have a soft heart towards God. And it's not about, oh, you didn't read the Bible enough this week or you didn't pray for, you know, three hours every day. That's not really conviction. Conviction happens when we think poorly about a person or that one that we really wish did go to hell. Those places. There are few people in government that I, I don't purposely listen to because I have a harder time staying in faith for them. It's easier for me to believe God for their soul without listening to them. So I do what's good for me, because I don't want to spend the next three hours on my knees trying to deal with my heart. Amen. And trying to fix me because I did something I shouldn't have. Amen. When we are awake to truth, when we're willing to hear it, when we're willing to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to follow you where I do not know, where I may not understand, I'm going to follow you in. Many times, we as when we first accept Jesus, isn't that what you did? I mean, you didn't understand today what you understood when you got born again. Isn't that the truth? And you said yes to Jesus. And you didn't really get it. I mean, if you got it, would you still say yes? I would. But, you know, <laughs> Some of you are kind of going, well, you know, I wish I didn't take that one, but... I hope that that changes. I hope it does. It usually is like that because you've heard some very religious legalistic teaching. And somebody's been beating you up. Now hopefully by the end of today you'll get that and send that out to the pastor. Amen. Yeah, the pastor. You know, I'd rather go eat grass and stuff. Amen. Not, don't give it to Pastor Neil. <laughs> Praise the Lord. When they were awake they saw his glory. And the two men that stood with him. Amazing. And it came to pass as they departed from him. Jesus, uh, Peter says to Jesus, Master, okay, I don't know what to do. This is the whole verse of, I don't really get what's going on. I'm going to do my best. We should build an altar here. <laughs> this was really something, you know. And And so what I want you to say is, feel normal when you may say something off or strange, or seemingly, uh, you get excited, how many people, when they've been excited about something, said something, that they went, oh man, that was like, oh man, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly, I surrender all, and uh, (laughs) I got excited, and I said something, I'm like, praise the Lord for those people who know I keep their lips, (laughs) and uh, for those of us who, they thought it, And God knows our every thought. (laughs) Praise the Lord. You didn't get to escape that one. And so here he is, and and he says, says, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let's make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. He knew who they were. They didn't have name tags on. (laughs) Hey, by the way, it's Elijah. Maybe by the description, but did he have that? Did you think Peter had read the description about Elijah? Kind of a round man, bald. Could have been a few round, bald men. You know, really. How did he know? How did he know? See, I read scriptures, I ask questions. Holy Spirit, how did he know? Because he had his eyes open. He didn't get everything, but he got something. Hmm. So even if you didn't understand the whole package, There'll be part you do get. Yeah. There'll be part you do get. And don't make fun of yourself because you didn't get the whole package. Run with what you got. Yeah. And you see, sometimes we focus on the part that's missing. You know, obviously, these, they're not going to make three tabernacles here. You know, And we know that, that Jesus is three in one. There's the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the Father. And that wasn't this, this gang. But he saw and he knew who the other two were. Amen? Amen. There's things that when you will begin to understand about the only son, how do you begin to understand that? When the word becomes flesh, an active part in your life, and you begin to, something happens, you go, he really is the only way. And your eyes begin to open. You'll begin to see some things. And suddenly, scriptures that you did not understand before, you'll begin to get. And you'll say, oh. Well, I remember, oh, that was good. Wow, praise the Lord. And there's Elijah and Moses. Oh, my. And you will begin to see things. But you've got to have that understanding and allow God to pull you past it so that you can get more. Amen? When I was in grade school, and I've done some homeschooling, when I taught math, now they don't do that now, but they... Perhaps yours does. We taught in a very progressive manner. You start with addition, then you move to subtraction, and then we eventually added, uh, you know, multiplication, things like that. And by the time we got to calculus, we, we were still doing addition, subtraction and division multiplication. It was just in a longer way. And pardon me, but I got bored doing those long things. What do you mean you've got a whole page and it's one question? Oh. When we started the church, I, uh, w- I was doing some, some uh, temporary jobs, and I'd take them to help build some money so we could do some things. And on one of my trips, you know, I took the bus. So, so I was riding the bus back and forth in the SkyTrain, you know, bus from my house, SkyTrain, bus, bus, to get to where I was going. And, I'm, and there was a girl, and she was on her way to university. And, and I was standing up, because that's sometimes how it is. And I'm standing up, I'm looking at her work, And she's like fussing and fussing and fussing and fussing. And she's got this one long page answer. And I thought, it's been a long time since grade 12, even at that juncture. And I look down and I like, oh. And and I like, I point, I says, right there. There's the, and she goes, thank you. (laughs) So apparently something still works. And I want to tell you that your salvation still works. Your foundation is in there, even when you think it's not. Even when you think, oh my goodness, this time I've sinned so bad. I blew it so bad last week. I got so angry. I had a full flesh out. I mean, and not the word became flesh. My flesh was flesh. And the words that came out were not right. It was the backwards part of that. And instead of the word became flesh, my flesh became words. And that's not good. And it was bad news. And you get in that place, you're like, Jesus! And you spend the next three hours repenting. And and wondering how many people you have to phone to make right after and so we, we're you know we have situations like that right we all know it praise the lord <laughs> and this point we say we're back to you know james where it says lord set a watch over my oh that's eight, uh, ephesians but james where it says the tongue can no man tame i've talked to the lord about that and let me tell you i i whined i fussed i begged i said god this is very true and i agree with the scripture but i don't think i'm supposed to <laughs> It says the tongue can no man tame and that was what I was agreeing with but the word also said in Ephesians chapter 4 that, that let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth and so I was caught in the middle and I said Lord uh, uh, it, it says and say let tongue can no man tame and that's where I got into problems you see the man was trying to tame the tongue But I said, oh, Holy Spirit, you must be able to. Let me surrender my tongue to you. And things got better. (laughs) Amen. And where did we get to here? (laughs) Okay. And so verse 34. While he thus spoke, there came a cloud overshadowed them, and they feared as they entered the cloud. So they'd already had, right? This is like the second cloud. Second cloud. (laughs) I know. It's very exciting. This is different than the first time. The first time, what was going on? Jesus was talking to his father. And now, and, and we see the Moses and we see Elijah. And now Peter and John are there with Jesus. And they're awake. And they've begun to see his glory. Because they're awake. They're awake and they begin to see and they begin to know. When they're awake, they begin to see and they begin to know. Good. So, second cloud. And then there's a voice that comes out of the cloud. And what does the Father say to them? Is he talking to Jesus? No. He's talking to the boys. And he said, this is my beloved son. Hear him, or listen, in amplified version. And we should amplify it, really. Out of all things, the Heavenly Father could say. He didn't say, obey him. He didn't say, go get him water. Uh, go grab the rest of his half-brothers. Go get his mom. He's doing weird stuff. None of that. He says, hear him. So they came into the glory. They began to get, his only, he's God's only son. They began to see They begin to know stuff, not everything, but stuff. And he says, hear him. Faith comes by hearing. And I often bring up how we hear in his voice. But if you want to think about this for just a moment, out of everything the Father God could say, why that? Why that? Hear him. What? Are kinds of things Jesus said. He gave warnings. Mm-hmm. Don't do this, you'll hurt yourself. Yeah. He smacked the religious. I mean, my goodness, upside down and over. Helped them come to a place where they shut their mouths. What are the kinds of things that Jesus was saying to us? What do we know about them? Do we know what he said? More than what the world says? More than the government? What are we hearing in our ears? Praise the Lord for, for Eslin. I'm, I'm talking about you a lot today. Because in the middle of all of the other voices, he knew he had to hear God. It wasn't easy. He said it was hard. He said it was hard. These are difficult times. When it's yourself, You know, and and you're dealing with yourself, that's one thing. But when it's your kid, it's, and and I understand this, there's when, you know, the devil's come after a couple of our children and then grandchildren, I can tell you to stay in ministry mode and hearing God is more of a challenge than, like, smack down. You know, and I want to, like, kill the devil. But the devil's already been dealt with. And the best thing that I can do is keep my heart clean so I can hear from heaven. Because that's what's going to make the difference. That's what's going to bring the change. I've got to be able to hear him above all else. I must be able to hear God. I must I must. I can't let what people say about me. I can't let what the government says. I can't let what doctors say. I've got to be able to hear his voice. Above all, I must hear him. I must. I must. Do you have that picture? Can you pop it up? The picture. I saw this, and it upset me. It's coming it'll come it'll upset me but in the right way I thought I've got I've, I want you to know this is not the truth I love the truth and you see if I don't hear him I'm not gonna know truth oh, yeah. oh. your plan God's plan and that's what they think about God I tell you what it's backwards God's plans always been straight and he unfolds it but not in crooked lines And as long as you think that that's what God did in your life, you're not hearing him. He's not sending you through floods. He's not taking you crazy ways. And the only reason you get in that crazy path is because you were doing it your way. When you see that, I I saw it pop up somewhere and I was like, and I saw who posted it. And I was like, I was ready to have like a showdown at the OK Bible scroll. With my typewriter in hand, and it was like, <laughs> and it's like, calm. Oh. It is a job. Tra- <laughs> it's like put the computer away, walk away. <laughs> That's right. Just because stuff doesn't ha- happens doesn't make it God's plan. But I want you to hear this morning that that thing that's dead amen, amen. and and the, all the things and the excuses and all of that you can take that down we don't want to look at it <laughs> amen because faith comes by hearing i want to share with you a powerful verse from jeremiah and it is in the amplified <laughs> amen jeremiah ten twenty three. it's so good you'll be so blessed you blessed so far this morning Hearing, seeing, knowing God's only son, it's wonderful, it's wonderful. Jeremiah 10, 23 says, Oh, Lord, pleads Jeremiah in the name of the people. And like like, like the, those times when Jeremiah is pleading like that, I feel it. I feel it. I know that the determination of the way of man is not in himself, it's not it, it is not in man, even a strong man, or in a man at his best, to, to direct his own steps. You can try, you can sweat it out, you can give it all you got with all your might, and as long as it's your path, you're gonna fall off. And you'll end up in that water instead of up in the ditch in the next place. See, the Bible tells me so. <laughs> I was allowed to be passionate about that. And this is why we plead with the people today. It's why we try to stir you up and say, your plans, man, they they bad. They're going to hurt you. You can't change you, but Holy Spirit can. And the way we get there is through first that admission of God's only son. This is the only way it's truth. Now, that doesn't mean everybody going to end up a preacher. But in some ways, everybody going to end up a preacher. (laughs) Amen. Because when that word comes in you, you can't hold it inside. It's like, you know, when you get a great pair of shoes <laughs> and you got to tell everybody about it and there's this great sale on and where you got the shoes or how about like ladies, you know, a dress or purse or whatever. I know men don't go crazy over shoes, but some men do. I have a friend, Pastor, who's got the best shoes I've ever seen in my life. And, and oh my goodness, he's got shoes for every suit he owns. And some of them sparkle way more than any shoes I own. Praise the Lord. <laughs> he likes shoes. I don't even know where he gets them. I'm sure he'd tell me. Praise the Lord. I can tell you this. When you've got something really in your heart that you've grabbed a hold of, no one can take it from you. Now, they might fight you, and they might not like you, but that's okay. I look at it this way, and I was so glad, glad Dr. Lairdon said this several years ago, and I've ran with it. It's his, but I'll, you know, maybe sometime when I share it, uh, by the time I've shared it 15 times or so, I, I won't have to give him credit anymore, but it was so good. I've had a few people not like me. I know shock and awe. And, uh, <laughs> and, and they haven't been kind. Yeah. And, and so he said, Well, what happens if, if you lose a few friends? There's like this many million people in the world. Eight billion now. Surely some of those will like you. I'm like, yes. We can focus on the one who doesn't like us when there's like a bunch of people we haven't met yet. Let's give them a turn not to like us. Now he didn't say that. (laughs) But when we behold his glory and we begin to get this, and and you know what? I still have to, well, I don't actually take out the garbage. I prepare the garbage. (laughs) That's because we live in Surrey. And, uh, you know, the things we have to do, we still do them. We still do laundry. We still do dishes. All those things in life we continue to do. And, and some of us have jobs we go to, and we, we know that God's with us in those things. We don't stop doing it because we follow Jesus. Amen? Amen? We continue in all those things. He's with us in all those things. I pray extra hard if I have to wash windows, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. So yes, Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. He also listens to scriptures and messages. I forgot it. Pastor Jason does that as a in a commercial way, and uh, praise the Lord for that. Amen. Anybody need their windows washed? Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> I've got ideas coming even now, and. <laughs> And so when we look at the word, we go, because God has a higher way. Amen. <laughs> and, uh, and he knows our ways. I want I you to stir up and get it on the inside, how God's for you. And you don't have to get stuck and think there's no way out of this. There is a way out of this. It's a wonderful way. And, and you see, the devil's out there trying to make everybody a victim. Go back and go in that puddle and, and go through the chains and, and get under that sickness and go this way and go that way and never end up where God intended you to end up. And that's just a bunch of lies. The devil tries to keep people victim and tries to hold them in that thing. Of all the things that I pray about a lot, it's that one. I don't like to see people stuck in that. I know many people have been victimized by the circumstances of this world. And I say circumstances because most of the time it's somebody's crazy flesh gone crazy. Like wild and done crazy things. Sometimes it's the devil. But it's more often flesh than it is the devil. Truth. Truth devil's been beaten up pretty bad, especially here. But I don't like it. And when people begin to move forward, it's one of the reasons they go to sleep. Because they're so concerned and so nervous about going forward with God that they pause at the place of the last wound. And people don't like it when a wound gets dealt with. But I've seen wounds in the medical field and had to clean some of them while people shake in pain. One particular character had had just, you know, they'd had some surgery and it wasn't closing properly. It's one of the reasons why I got out of that ministry. Somebody asked me the other day, why aren't you a nurse anymore? Because I wanted to pray for people, and it wasn't going. I wasn't permitted to do that in the office, and it was terrible. I see something going on. I want to pray for them. You know, and I'd slide them little notes. I'll be praying for you, but I didn't want to slide people notes. But I had them shaken in my hand while I had to clean the wound. They didn't like it. They didn't like the place. Where God went in and wiped it clear. And some and so then people get this idea. Because they take that wound cleaning idea. They bring it into the church and say. Well that's good. God's going to do a deep work. He's going to go in and get the roots out. And, da, da, da. and the, But that's not the right picture of that. The picture looks this way. I'm going to give you truth. And that truth you may not like. You in sin. And you need to repent. Hmm? And they don't like that. But that's the wound clean. It's not you going back and dealing with roots or trying to deal with roots or walking through it and imagining Jesus walking through that terrible pain in that situation. That's crazy witchcraft. Mm? And it doesn't belong. That's n- you'll never find, oh, Jesus took so and so, and they were wounded from the when they were a child. They were sexually assaulted. And he walked them through this thing. And it sounds real nice, but it's not Bible, and it'll kill you. When Jesus cleanses a wound, he does it by you believing in the power of the blood. It's why we've got to have the word made flesh amongst us. It's why it's got to be real. Because when you get a hold that Jesus did the work, your wounds will be cleansed. You will be forgiven. And no longer a victim, but a victor. And he has designed his whole work so that we could rise up. If we could only hear him. If we could only hear his call. If we could only hear about the power of the blood. If we could only hear that his anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. We'd be free. And we're not free. And that's trouble. And that's why I'm here. Because I did get through. And I am free and it took me trusting in a God I could not see. Trusting that when he spoke to me, it was his voice above any other. I had to trust him when I didn't know who he was. I had to believe when I didn't know enough scripture. I had to trust him, I had to choose. What did you do with the choice in your head? Did you choose to believe or did you choose to go back to what you knew had got you through and kept you in that dungeon? Many people today and some watching online are still in the dungeon of pain they're still living in the last place of a wounding. They're still living in that. And when they go to sleep at night, they rehearse it in their minds and they go over it. If I could just see it different, if I could just see uh, uh, where I went wrong or why this person did such and such to me, if I just only knew why they were so cruel to me, I'm telling you the answer's not there. You need to hear the truth that Jesus forgave you. And if he forgave you, then you can forgive others. And that will be the beginning of the turning. And then you say, I believe in the blood that cleanses me when I don't can't see it. When I can't feel it, it works. You can't feel the blood of Jesus, but you can feel it surely after. When the blood of Jesus has purged you from dead works, when it's purged and cleansed your mind, you're going to feel different. People say, how come you're so full of joy? That's why. Because I am a victor. And you know, he just might throw a few more rocks at me, that old devil. But I don't need a barrel of rocks because I stand on the rock. And all I need is one little one. Right between the eyes. And some of you need to pick up your rock, get a hold of it. Ha! I don't care how old you are. Do you know how old I was when I started preaching? Before the devil attacked me and did crazy things, I did get back up. I was 14 when I was sharing the gospel with people. You don't have to wait till you're 60-something. Start now. The glory of the young is their strength. Because you can run farther than I can. I'll come along behind you. (laughs) Fast as I can, but you might get ahead of me. And that's okay. I'm okay with the young running ahead. I'll be praying for you behind you. Coming along, I'm coming. I'm coming. Grandma's coming. And if something gets in your path, I'll take it down. You keep running. Because I got a rock. And I like to throw it. (laughs) One little stone went in the sling, and the sling went round and round. Amen. (laughs) God loves you. And he doesn't want you stuck in a mess anymore. And we don't have to, like, go on the happy trails. We just go straight through. Amen. When there's joy, there's happiness. God wants to see you free of all that mess. Be a victor. He's bought and paid for it. This is my beloved son. His only son. Hear him. Hear him. You have a choice. We've all been given one. Every one of us, one of the greatest gifts, choose. You see, none of us could freely love without the choice to do it. None of us. But we can choose to love a God we didn't see. And then, as our eyes become open we'll see his glory and we'll begin to know and we'll begin to understand stand upon your feet hallelujah Le to rebende Lester stokro kalaishe i chene le to russo chotonja le terene i to russo shikanya le to rabasha oh god that we would see kushte kala le to braselekasha oh shikete o pra kacha we choose you lord oh we want to hear your voice we long for your voice we long to hear you in every situation in everything we face you are King, you are Lord, you are the victor, and we are the Victor in you. Hallelujah! 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 Glory! Shida Kalahari Hate! Oh, we are victors in you! Shike Bereke, Leila Shalabahata La Karasele! Hallelujah! Oh, rejoice! Throw down those chains, throw them down! Throw them down in Jesus' name. We are the free. We are the whole. That's who we are. That's who we are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ha, ha, Are you feeling the fire yet? Hallelujah. You know, God's not holding anything back from you. He's not holding back. Don't stall up the process. Amen. Just come in. Just receive. I receive you, Jesus. I receive your work. I receive your healing. I receive your life. I receive your life. Oh, you are the way, you are the truth, you are the light, and we receive you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at